Hello, homemakers, and welcome to the Art of Home podcast, where we are exploring how homemakers cultivate a place to belong. I'm your host, Allison Weeks. I'm a wife, a mom to four grown kids, and I've been practicing the art of home for 30 years. Welcome back to all of our regular listeners. If you're a first-time listener, thank you for giving us an opportunity to share with you some homemaking inspiration and encouragement. We have a couple of different formats of episodes here at the Art of Home podcast. We do deep dives into homemaking-related subjects, and we highlight true stories of home in our homemaker portraits. That's where we interview a real-life, everyday woman about her experience in keeping a home. Since we began this project in the spring of 2021, we've talked to seasoned homemakers, that is, women that have about 25 years or more experience. And soon, we will be adding some younger voices to our interview catalog. If you want to be in the know about what is coming in future episodes of The Art of Home, make sure you subscribe to our weekly newsletter. We give you all the scoop about upcoming episodes, as well as lots of other fun extras that you will only get through the newsletter, and it's absolutely free. Just go to theartofhomepodcast.com slash subscribe, or click the link in the show notes below. On today's show, we're talking with seasoned homemaker Jan Greeley. She has such a sweet spirit, and she has spent decades pursuing God through home, family, loss, ministry, and so much more. She is a wealth of wisdom, and I know you will be drawn in and impacted by her. So whether you're cleaning out the fireplace or trimming your house plants, I hope you enjoyed Jan's story of home. All right, I'm here with my friend, Jan Greeley. And Jan, before we go back to the beginning of your story of homemaking, why don't you just tell us a little bit about who you are today? Well, I'm just an ordinary girl walking out her faith. Uh, my most enduring names are wife, mother, and of course, Mimi. And oh, how I love the opportunity to share what the Lord has done in the life of this ordinary girl. So you're Mimi yes. to three, correct? Yes, I am. Okay. Love that. So let's go back to the beginning of your story. When did okay. you first become a homemaker? Well, I got married when I was 18. I had just graduated high school. And thought I knew everything. Uh, we were high school sweethearts, but he was 21 and already in college. Okay. Uh, and I wanted everything to be perfect. Uh, but that only leads to frustration. But looking back, I am most grateful for my heritage of faith passed down from my grandparents and all their prayers on my behalf and my parents for always taking us to Sunday school and church on Sunday mornings and then Sunday night youth group and church and then Wednesday night activities in church. And that is just, you know, it's just precious to me now because, you know, I, I feel like um, I grew some deep roots there mm-hmm. that would benefit me later in life. Mm-hmm. Um because we had no way of knowing how God would test our faith along the way. Mm. Did you appreciate those deep roots when you were uh, newly married, 18, right out of high school, and thought you knew everything? <laughs> or did it take I, some time? I, I think uh, I didn't have the full reality of mm. it. I was always grateful in, uh, in, because I, want, I desired the same thing for my home. Yeah. Okay. So at that level. Yeah. But then as you get older 
and gain some wisdom, uh, you, 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 you have the ability to really cherish that more. Mm-hmm, for sure. Yeah, I agree with that. So did you have any skills when you became a homemaker? Um, oh my gracious! No formal training. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, everything I knew, I learned from my mother and my grandmothers. Mm-hmm. While I reaped the harvest of yummy food, I didn't actually do the cooking at home, <laughs> uh, but I observed it being prepared, uh, except for making cookies on Saturdays. Mm. Um, and everything was homemade, uh, from fried chicken to red beans and cornbread. Mm-hmm. They canned. They made jelly. Uh, they made pies and cobblers, homemade ice cream, and they sewed, and my grandmothers made quilts. Oh, wow. So, yeah, well, the laundry was washed and hung out to dry. Clothes were starched, rolled, and put in the freezer. In the uh, freezer? Wait, in the fr- why? Yes, they, I didn't, don't know, but I just know they did. They rolled it. My mother did it, too, and rolled it and put it in the freezer. Oh, my goodness. Just I wonder if- the, the starch, and mm. then they uh, eventually took it out and ironed it. Oh, wow. I know. I, I wish I'd have asked that question, but that's I mean, what I've, they did. I've heard of putting items in the freezer to kill potential bugs that might be in your clothing or your... No. Your, no I mean, it, I would think, no, if they just washed them. It was they, just to make them, I think, look crisp and fresh. That's so interesting. Yes, it's interesting because they didn't have cleaners back then. No. Um, no. But that's what we did. Oh and I remember, goodness. you know, hanging out clothes and bringing in clothes because uh, we didn't have a dryer. Uh-huh. You know, in the early years of my life. And uh, wow, I remember my grandmother's ringer washing machine. Uh, oh well, she first used a scrub board. Wow. And then, well, I'm ancient. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, you know, she had a shed, you know, they had chickens and uh, a garden. And uh, then she had a shed. I remember we used to, as kids, play with her ringer washer. Mm-hmm. thought that was so cool. We, you mm-hmm. know, we make it up stuff. You know, that's what's missing today. Your imagination, going outside and, yeah. and you know, just imagining some story for yourself and, and acting it out. And yeah. that's, I just feel like with technology, sometimes the kids are missing that. Oh, for sure. So, for sure. you know, I remember going out and collecting fireflies and, uh-huh. you know, all that fun stuff that's yeah just so precious. Oh. So we love the outdoors. So. so I'm imagining the way you're telling this story that you had your grandmother's close by. When you were growing yes, up, yes. they were they were near neighbors or within yes, the same community. We did. Okay, that's rare nowadays too. It, it is. I know. Yes, I, and I'm so thankful to be near my mm-hmm. uh, family now mm-hmm. as well. So yeah, you're literally right next door. Exactly. <laughs> so my grands can come and go, and I can invest in their lives, and um, you know, I just I can hear their heart, and mm-hmm. I can share mine, and um, yeah, it's just precious. That's really special. To, to see them actually growing and maturing and what God's doing with their life. Yeah. Now, you said you didn't actually get to, you didn't participate much in the preparation of the yummy food except for Saturday cookie baking. What was that? Oh, well, my favorite thing to make was tea cakes. Really? It's like a shortbread yes. cookie. Yes. I don't know. And I, that's most of the time, sometimes chocolate chip mm-hmm. or sugar cookies, but I love the little tea cakes. They, you know, tea cakes aren't real sweet. Mm hmm. But uh, but I just thought that was the greatest thing. I felt like I was Susie Homemaker. <laughs> <laughs> That's so fun. So, yeah. So what was your steepest learning curve as far as the skills of homemaking? Um, I would say meal planning and mm. uh, menus, making menus for the week. 
uh, and staying in our limited budget. Oh, yeah. Uh, that was a big challenge. Uh, you know, back then I had to really count what I was putting in my grocery cart. Mm-hmm. And um, so I would write out a to-do list. Uh, it's an old school practice, but I still make those handwritten lists. Um, I learned to think ahead and be disciplined in my planning. Mm-hmm. Uh, even in early marriage, uh, we loved having my husband's basketball friends over for dinner. Um, and two of them were actually playing in college. Uh, and they all played together in high school. But I would make, and we're still close friends uh, with them, and uh, I would make like a five-pound bag of mashed potatoes, chicken, uh, veggies, all the trimming, the rolls and dessert, and nothing would be left. Oh, wow. So I thought, well, they were either really hungry or maybe it actually tasted good. So, you know, it was just so much fun because to hear the fun and the laughter, that yeah. it, it was just so much fun. And we felt so, so privileged to mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. still have a connection with them. Yeah, that's really cool. Yes. A lot of people can't say that after that many years. But I they're know. still connected to people. Yeah. Well, so you, you said you struggled with meal planning. Mm-hmm. Um. What, what was it that sort of helped you overcome that obstacle where you felt like you got some mastery over that? Trial and error. Yeah. And, uh, you know, learning what my husband liked mm-hmm. to eat. Um, and timing, preparation of everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, like I say, you know, in early marriage, we were both working and going to school. So, um, you know... And and you'd be exhausted, so yeah. I didn't want to have to spend a lot of time in the kitchen. But yeah, it was just kind of trial and error, and we just kind of made our way. Mm-hmm. Was it more challenging once children came into the picture, or no? I think it was easier, a little easier because I felt uh, maybe a little more confident in myself and mm-hmm. kind of knew, uh, you know, what was easiest and yeah. and best. Uh, and I still have my favorite recipes that I feel like I've mastered. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, you know, not like my mom could go in the kitchen. She could serve 100 people, not blink an eye. Mm. And she can make anything, candies mm-hmm. and, and uh, you know, uh, those popcorn balls with the Cairo syrup and mm. pralines. And she, so I, I really didn't inherit that skill, uh, but I learned what I could do and what worked as far families. So. Yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. That's what we all need to do. We need to adapt to what exactly. works for us. So, okay, good. Well, let's talk about balance a little bit. Did you ever work outside of the home? Um, well, first of all, I like to say I, I love being married and I love the challenges that came with it. Mm-hmm. It was all about navigating that newness of wife and homemaker. And so we all have to kind of find our balance. But I learned that marriage was more than just being a happy couple uh, early on. So, um, and it was a challenge to accomplish the work that needed to be done with any efficiency. So, uh, because remember, I wanted to be perfect. Um, so, but again, it was trial and error. But in, in yes, in early marriage, we both worked and went to classes, and mm-hmm. our biggest challenge. Uh, was only having one car. Oh. So we had to balance our schedules. So yeah. that was, you know, but I think it helped that we were both task-oriented and driven to finish what we start. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and somehow we just managed. That was just part of our life. Yeah. Um, my husband eventually started his own business, uh, home remodeler and renovations, uh, mm-hmm. before Chip and Joanna Gaines. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we also gained a second vehicle, uh, which made errands so much easier. Oh, yeah. And then at 22, we had our first baby and eventually bought our first home. Um, and we purposely wanted our home to be God-centered. Uh, and I also knew I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom when we started our family. And I was able to do that. So, you know, home was my happy place. Um, we also knew that part of the joy in our journey would be fellowship with friends. So mm-hmm. that's always been important to us. Uh, we thank God for the friends who walked beside us, and we thanked Him for the ones yet to come. Mm. Um, we were active in our small church um, and loved working with the youth. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then one day my husband came home and announced that God was calling us into, he felt God was calling us into full-time Christian camping. Wow. I said, yay. But in my mind, I'm going, Lord, we don't know anything about Christian camping, except that we went growing up. Yeah. Uh, It was exciting. But, you know, we took that seriously. We took it to heart. And we put our house on the market, our first new little home we hadn't been in very long. And we put it on the market, waiting for his direction. So we found a house to lease and signed uh, a one-year lease. Uh, And to the day our lease was up, we were headed to our new home Mm. in Tyler, Texas, Mm. to Pine Cove Conference Center. Oh, Pine Cove. It's a wonderful place. Yes. So you're a few years into your marriage. You already had your oldest at this point when you went up to work at Pine Cove. Yes, we did. She was three years old. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, I'm interested And we were told we couldn't have any more children. After her. Mm-hmm. That was it. Okay. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about scheduling and stuff like that. Well, um, I knew to be productive, I needed a plan. Okay. Like I say, I make lists. And, uh, but it's when I realized I wouldn't make a good lazy person <laughs> because <laughs> I can't see something that needs to be done and not do it. Right. And one of my friend's little boys used to tell her all the time, he says, I can't want to. And then I thought, well, if we have that attitude, then 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 uh, you'd have to be content with less than. Yeah. And so uh, that was always in my mind uh-huh. uh, in that early marriage. Still, that you know, I don't want to settle for less than. I, I want to experience all God has for me and for us. And so you felt like that was what motivated you to get kind of get your act together and and have a vision for where your home was going to go and let that inform how you were yes. going how you were going to run your days and yes. what kind of goals y'all were going to set it, as it a family. It definitely made an impact. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I was still very young and um, you know, hadn't hadn't lived much life still, but yeah. you know, I I was seeking God. Mm-hmm. I think that made the big difference for me. Right. Now, was it hard for you to continue to seek after him once you you've made this big move to Pineco. Well, maybe that's where you're going to talk about the other that what happened with the Bible study. But one of the one of the questions that I've gotten from some of the listeners is, 
a lot of them have little children at home and they're running their homes and they know they need to keep the priorities in order. You know, mm-hmm. the Lord mm-hmm. has to come first. Mm-hmm. But gosh, how do you do that when the demands are just so loud and incessant? <laughs> well, you know, s- some days we don't get it all done. Some days we fail. Mm-hmm. And I'd have to tell myself it's okay. Yeah. Because, you know, uh, I can never be perfect. Mm-hmm. Although that was my desire, I knew that 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 I could always turn to the one who was perfect. Yeah. And he, I could find peace and comfort. So, um yeah, um I think you know, as believers, uh, we seek God in everything and we you know, our d- desire is to grow uh with the love he's given us and reach out to others and um and I learned uh, somewhere along the way that um, you know, I I wanted to be wise in the Lord, and the only way to do that was in Bible study and reading and searching my Bible. And mm-hmm. then um, it, I'm a Bible teacher. How I know I'm a Bible teacher is when I study. I can't wait to share with other people what God has shown me yeah. through His Word, and so I get real excited about that. That's cool. Fun. Well, what about expectations in homemaking? When you became that that homemaker and maybe the first year, a couple of years, how well did the day-to-day realities match up how you might have thought it was going to look? Um, well, this is where I learned to be flexible mm. because we make our plans right, and have an idea of all we've her- hoped for. But then life happens. Mm-hmm. I always thought a home was filled with intimacy joy and a little bit of heaven mm-hmm. and it is but can also come with sorrow despair and heartache um so what about the reality of our struggles i knew in my heart i must choose every day to let my heavenly father use my struggles for good mm-hmm. but i didn't understand at the time just how that should work mm. so now did you face some special challenges in your homemaking journey um, and if so, how did you, how did you meet those challenges? How did you respond? And then how did you grow through them? Well, I am a two-time cancer survivor, uh, but nothing compares to the loss of our youngest daughter. Mm. Everything pales to that. Um, but one day we got a call from a large church in Houston. Houston First Baptist Church, mm-hmm. uh, offering my husband and I a position. We had uh, a, a pastor friend there and the business administrator at the time. We never thought of leaving camping uh, ministry or thinking we would ever live in Houston, uh, but then God gave us a new ministry. Um, he provided a beautiful home uh, to raise our two girls. We encouraged them to bring their friends to our house. They called us Mr. G and Miss G. Uh, they often teased us about being June and Ward, like in Leave, Leave It to Beaver. And I said, y'all, do not vacuum with my pearls on. So uh, they were just so precious. You know, you can be a mom to other children besides your own and when they're in your home you can love on them you can encourage them 
uh, and be a part of their life. And we just had a blast. You know, they went on vacations with us. You know, we, uh, we, you know, we, we went to the lake with them all the time. They water skied and jet skied. We just, you know, experienced as much fun with them as possible. Mm-hmm. So um, that is just, you know, precious to my husband and I. Um, but our home was also where friends and neighbors gathered, um, where family came for weekends. Uh, we shared meals and stories uh, because home is where love's supposed to live. Uh, but one day our youngest daughter called from school and she said she wasn't feeling good. And thus began our silent September. Mm-hmm. She was admitted to MD Anderson and she couldn't wait to go back home. That was one of the last things she said, mm-hmm. and I love you, Mom. Um, she never made it back to her earthly home. It was September of 1994. She was 17, a senior in high school, and plans for college. But heaven was her ultimate homegoing, her final destination. Did you know the Bible speaks of three homes, Mm. family, church, and heaven? Mm. And praise God that the Bible says he is close to the brokenhearted, and he has a plan to restore our lives. This was a pivotal moment in our lives. Our lives were shattered and broken into a million pieces. Mm. Someone asked us along the way what we felt was stolen from us. Easy answer, it was laughter. But God's love runs deep and takes us to another level of understanding through loss. Because I believe He desires to impact uh, our lives in such a way that He imparts to us a richer sense of His presence. Because speaking for myself, he was my only link to wholeness, and I knew it. Mm. And I thought, you know what, Satan, you're not going to get anything else from this family. Mm-hmm. I said, I'm going to fight. It was, I see it in retrospect as a three year battle of just clawing my way up mm. a mountain very slowly. Yeah. But I thought, you're not going to get my marriage. 85% of marriages end after the loss of a child, and I knew that. Mm. Um, so it was hard work. Um, it, but it was everything to us. Home was everything to us, and serving God and bringing Him glory was everything. So that spurred us on. Uh, the journey uh, in grief is long. It's heart wrenching. It's soul searching, uh, and it's never ending. Yeah, uh, the pain does soften, but you never forget uh, those that you love. And and uh, you know, I think losing a child is hard because it's out of the normal range of life. You know, yeah. you're not supposed to outlive your children, right. but it happens because life is fragile. And then so we have to learn what would be pleasing to God and how to handle that. Um, I'm going to talk about that a little more later, but uh, I tell other sojourners that the value in pain is to reach out to help others. 
that we can learn to dance in the rain and laugh again. Mm-hmm. And I'll talk more about that in a minute. Okay. Because I'm curious to hear how, just a little bit about how your family processed through. And, you know, maybe if someone's listening that's dealing with grief mm-hmm. and, and their marriage is struggling under mm-hmm. the weight of that, mm-hmm. you know, what, what advice would you offer that person? Um, like you said, you were, you were determined to not allow the enemy to take your marriage. Exactly. Yeah. And so it was a battle. Yeah, you know we Christians fight a ba- the, an unseen battle, mm-hmm. but we know that 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 God has already won. But um, uh, but the war was raging. So what did you do? Well, um, you know, you can. I'm going to talk about that later. But we have choices. It's mm-hmm. all about the choices we make. Yeah, I said, you know, and I thought, well, I don't want to talk to anybody. Not a counselor mm-hmm. unless they've lost a child, mm-hmm. because they would have. They can give you some book, yeah, you know, uh, knowledge, and maybe I'm sure that's really good. Uh, but but then God sent into our life this uh, precious lady. We were uh, uh, on staff at Houston Baptist, but we knew a lot of people at Second Baptist and. Uh, Someone invited us to a grief uh, group there, and but it was three years before we were able to go. Mm-hmm. But then God put this precious lady in our life who was leading this grief group who had lost three of her four children. Oh, my goodness. I thought, okay, I can listen to her. Wow. She'll understand the depth of the pain here. Oh, my Lord. She was, she was my lifeline. God mm-hmm. threw me a lifeline. And, for example, uh, we had we would have plans to meet somewhere and just get coffee or something and talk. And mm-hmm. there were many times I would I knew exactly where I was going and I'd be going, and I'd miss my turn every time because you're so preoccupied you can't concentrate mm-hmm. long enough to make that exit. And yeah. uh, so um, I'd call her. I'd say I'm sorry, mm-hmm. I, I just can't make it. And I'd be you know crying my eyes out. And I told her she said she'd say it's okay. We'll just do it another day. Mm. So, um, you know, uh, I, j- I knew God loved us, and he's, I knew He still had a plan for our lives, but it, it, it was just a, you know, you just take a step-by-step step until you can get to day-to-day and then week-to-week mm-hmm. week and month-to-month. It was a long process. Yeah. But you find your way when life is dark and everything seems hopeless. You find your way in Christ, and we were trusting Him mm-hmm. to lead us and, and to grow us. It's a growing time, yeah. and you, real heart-searching time, and uh, uh, it, it was hard. It, it's, it, was, it was just so hard. Everything seemed so dark and hopeless, mm-hmm. except for that one glimmer of light that we knew, and we knew where that came from, yeah. the home. Yeah, our ultimate home. So mm-hmm. very precious to us. So let's we're going to revisit this as we continue to hear the rest of your story. And I want to talk a little bit about hospitality because you're you've already alluded to how important it was to your family yes. to show hospitality to other people. And one of the ways I like to present hospitality in these in these portraits is 
we look at it from two angles. We look at it from the fact that the first people we show hospitality to are those who live in these four walls with us. We make one another feel welcome. We make one another feel like we belong in this place that we call home. So can you think of some ways that you and your family did that for one another? Yes. Um, I have always had a heart for hospitality. I love people. Um, when we go out, I go with my granddaughter and my daughter, and we're checking out, and and I'm having a personal conversation with the— <laughs> You're one of the, those people. Yes, and I'll go, oh, oh, how are you doing? How's your mother? How's your dad? And, and they just look at me. She goes, and we'll walk off, and, and Abby will say, Mimi, you're so social. I thought, well, I care about people, uh-huh. and I want to hear their heart. And then they're asking me, oh, well, how are you? And, you know, if, if you just— you know, if you just try to open a door and God causes that spark, mm-hmm. it's such a blessing when you walk away and, you you know, they've either given me a word of encouragement or I was able to give them a word. That is the greatest high you can ever be on. Yeah. So, you know, I don't want to be anywhere outside of His grace and peace. Uh, so... That's about that, and um, but we were also intentional about creating an atmosphere of acceptance mm. uh, where we could share the ups and downs of life. Uh, it's where we laughed and cried, shared meals and chores. Uh, we had traditions for birthdays and holidays. We wanted our girls to know we loved them. Mm-hmm. That we were interested in their feelings and spend time with them. Mm. Uh, we wanted them to know right from wrong. Um, how would you say that creating an atmosphere of acceptance how, was that? What What do you mean by that? Can you open communication? Okay, like, like I don't care how bad it is, you can come and talk to me about it. Mm-hmm. So I didn't want them to think if they made a mistake. Yeah. They had to hide or they couldn't talk to us about yes, it. Yes. Uh, because that doesn't mean you're going to necessarily approve of their behavior, but they can come to you. Right. To talk they, through yes, it. Yes. Yes, exactly. Without retali- fear of retaliation. Because children, I mean, it's up and down. Yeah. You know, life is not perfect. Right. Uh, life can get ugly, and and we're all sinners, and we all make mistakes, mm-hmm. and we wanted them to know that that we've also made mistakes. Yeah, but we serve a God who loves us bigger than our mistakes, and He cares, and so that's what we wanted them to know. And like, you know, my family did for us. We went to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday. We went. We were at the church all the time. And, you know, you just pray that, that that your children's hearts will stay open and someone is pouring something, yeah. you know, valuable in their life. And, um, and that takes roots. I really believe that. Mm-hmm. So not that our children can't make mistakes along the way, but right. it's just important they know we still love them and that God loves them even more. Yeah. Cause, uh, because we all make mistakes. Right. That's a good word. Well, what about hospitality to people outside of your family? Um, well, we wanted uh, we wanted our girls to know that family was priority. Yeah. But on this other end of it, we also wanted them to know that friendships are also priority. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so there were many people around us uh, who would need love, friendship, support, and encouragement. And so uh, I think my girls learned to be very sensitive to that. Uh, our home was an open door wherever we lived. Christian camping was an amazing experience. Uh, it was the best of times. Um, all the staff, it was a nonprofit camp, uh, and we didn't make a lot of money, but mm-hmm. you were just there to serve the Lord and you didn't care. Mm-hmm. So all the staff lived on campus uh, and housing was provided. Okay. So uh, we shared meals in the dining hall. Uh, we first lived in a single wide mobile home near the stables. And that's where my daughter, my oldest daughter, brought home every stray animal she could find to feed. Oh. <laughs> it was just the best of times. It was just so great. Um, and we later moved to a small rustic house on the lake with this little screen in porch. Um, we had college students that came and worked uh, in the summer. Mm-hmm. And uh, they would come over on the weekends, and someone always played the guitar, and we would sing. Uh, I would make homemade ice cream and cookies and brownies, whatever. Uh, and I, our girls loved all the attention um, they gave to them. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, and we were so honored to be uh, a part of their lives. Mm-hmm. Our home has always been a sanctuary for many, and we felt so blessed. Mm-hmm. Uh, we learned that no matter what God leads us to set up home, He meets us there. Mm. I love that. I love that, too. Because I was going to ask you, you know, you, here you are kind of like nomadic almost. You're moving from this little place to this little place to this little yeah. place at the beginning of your marriage. And that's the kind of the point in time where you feel like, well, I, I want to have a nest and I want to, you know, feather my little nest and and make it mine. Exactly. Um, but say that again, what you just said, because I think that's important. Uh well, we, we learned that no matter where God leads us to set up home, uh-huh. uh, He meets us there. Okay. And, and so in life, if we just find out where God's working, yeah. we can meet Him there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, let, as, as He leads us and guides us, but we have to be uh, connect. We have to have that relationship with our Heavenly Father. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, it, it's just... It was all I had when I was going through loss. I felt like that. And, and really, that's all I ever have. Yeah. But in loss, I was really seeking him with all my heart because uh, I didn't have any answers. Mm-hmm. But he did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. We will get back to Jan's story in just a few minutes. Right now, it's time for Historical Homemaker Hints. This is the part of the podcast where we highlight some of the helpful and not-so-helpful hints doled out to homemakers throughout history. Today's hints come from The Art of Homemaking in City and Country in Mansion and Cottage by Margaret Sangster, published in 1898. Margaret has some helpful suggestions regarding decorative room screens. An essential thing in almost any room is a large screen. This may be plain or showy, made at home, covered with wallpaper, creatine, or stain, or it may be purchased at a store and may be extremely ornamental. It serves as a partition to shut off anything which you wish to hide from the general view, as in the bedroom, the wash hand basin and its accessories, or it shuts off a draft 
or keeps off the too great heat of the fire. I agree, Margaret. A screen is a very useful addition to most any room. It can be a beautiful statement piece while also serving a very practical purpose. I am not above salvaging things from my neighbor's curbside trash piles. Once I noticed a large three-panel screen made from wooden shutters. I snatched that thing up, took it home, and painted it to match my decor. Over the years, I put that screen to use all over my house, sometimes as an actual divider or to hide an unsightly area, other times just to liven up a bare corner. We no longer have that shutter screen, but when my husband needed to work from home and do video meetings during the lockdowns, we purchased another screen to serve as a neutral backdrop and hide the rest of our bedroom from public view. YouTube and Pinterest will give you tons of ideas for making a screen from the super simple to the more complex design. You can find something to fit your needs. And while we are on the subject of screens, Margaret has a good bit to say about window screens. By all means, see that you have screens ready for every window and if possible, screen doors for your kitchen so that the swarms of flies which torment the housekeeper in the summer may not drive you from all your patients. Screens also are a great protection against the venomous little mosquito. You need not be like Josiah Allen's wife and spend your whole life pouncing upon the poor fly who finds its way in. By all means, avoid flies if you can, but if you are unfortunate enough to have them, remember, perhaps they are sent to you to discipline you into sweetness of temper and make you less irritable than you would be without them. I'll address the issue of flies in a moment, but first I want to enlighten you regarding Josiah Allen's wife. This is a reference which intrigued me because I had never heard of her before. Josiah Allen's wife was a creation of Marietta Hawley, an American humorist who used satire as commentary on politics and society in the late 19th century. She was a successful novelist and a poet, and she was considered one of the most important early female humorists in America. Her most beloved creation was a 10-part series of novels following the travels and married life of Samantha and Josiah Allen. Her writings often focused on themes of prohibition and women's rights, which she effectively delivered by employing humor and satire. Of Marietta's work, one biographer said, quaint, grotesque humor and pathetic homeliness of speech were the weapons she used to make known the wrongs of her sex and the evils of the times. Everyone laughs at the absurdities of Josiah Allen's wife, and no one forgets the crushing exposure of fraud and oppression which she makes. I just love the things I learn when I research for these segments. Now, with regard to Miss Sangster's reference about the flies, I am assuming Josiah's wife was known for having an absurd obsession with ridding her environment of flies. No need to obsess. Screens are a very necessary and practical solution to stop flies from coming into the house. Also, flypaper put up close to your doors, and my personal favorite, as well as my husband's, a salt gun to quickly and non-toxically eradicate these unwanted guests from your home and outdoor space. We'll link all of these things down in the show notes, as well as some links to read Josiah Allen's wife stories. These are in the public domain, so you can enjoy them for free. Well, that's it for today's Historical Homemaker Hints. Please remember that these hints are for entertainment purposes only, and we leave it up to you, the listener, to determine the safety and soundness of this advice. Now, back to Jan's story. Let's talk a little bit about the seasons of homemaking, because there are seasons. You sometimes think the season you're in is going to last forever. (laughs) I thought the diaper season would never end with Mm -hmm. four children. 
Exactly. But it did end, and here I am, an empty nester now. <laughs> Never thought this season would come. But how has your role changed over time as a homemaker? Uh, well, uh, we now live next door to our grandchildren, and uh, uh, my daughter and her uh, husband. Uh, we have one 12 year old and two teenagers. Uh, and it's such a joy to be able to invest in their lives. Um, I keep a basket of candy in the pantry, and they come over on the weekend and help themselves. <laughs> but they know whatever happens at Mimi's stays at Mimi's. <laughs> uh, we, and we sometimes make cookies. Uh, and I make, if they have their friends over, I make cookies mm-hmm. and take to them and their friends. And um, I like to get to know their friends a little bit. And, um, you know, I just think that's just precious. Yeah, that that they don't care if their Mimi's talking to their friends. So, um, that's a sweet, yeah, a sweet season that you're in right now. Yeah, I, I treasure it. That's really great. Well, what about transitions through the season? Sometimes, you know, we find different transitions are are harder for different people. It just depends on the person. What was the hardest transition for you to make? Well, moving was never my favorite thing to do, mm. but necessary. Uh, I think the most recent challenge for us uh, was retirement. Mm. Uh, we had to s- discover a new normal, uh, and it took time for us to settle in and find our balance, uh, but we love it. Uh, you know, as a homemaker, your husband gets up and he goes to work, and he has his environment. Uh, and uh, I could go up to his office anytime, and he'd stop whatever he was doing and, and answer my question or help me. Yeah. Uh, I loved that. But when he retired and he was in my environment, <laughs> I know I, where this is going. I didn't feel that hospitable, <laughs> and I didn't like myself. But I thought I had to tell him, I said, Jim, um, you know, I said, this is like my office, mm-hmm. and I have a routine. So, you know, neither one of us can just sit and do nothing. You know, we just can't. Mm-hmm. I said, now, I'd encourage you to get a hobby. <laughs> he no, He's no longer hunting or golfing, but I said, just find something you like to do, because I was really worried about him getting depressed as well. Yeah. But... um but he said, okay, I get it, I get it, I, I do, I need to. So it was just a challenge for me and for him. But, uh, you know, now, and then once we found our place again, it's mm-hmm. like, and I think for men and women too, it's attached to our self-esteem, uh, self-esteem that work environment, and, yes. you know, and whatever you're doing, that's part of who you are. So I think he's struggled with that, but um, he's doing good now. And me too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's a little different when when they're there all day long. It is. It's Yeah, and I thought, oh my, you know. Well, it's interesting though that you bring that up because a lot of people who are not in your stage of life or my stage of life have actually had to deal with this over the last couple of years. Yes, that's true. now everybody's working from home. Yes. So, you know, I love the fact that you said... You need to get a hobby. Um, are, but are there any other tips that maybe you could offer? And maybe I, it would, I, I don't think I really, I, I, what I really said to him was maybe you should consider a hobby <laughs> <laughs> because I didn't want to be that wife trying to tell him what to do. Yeah, no, but, I got you. Um, um, 
But thankfully, he has found his hobby now. It's something he really enjoys doing, mm-hmm. and God blessed us with a workshop for him to do that because yeah. he likes to build anything yeah. uh, with his hands and use his tools. Uh-huh. And uh, it's fun to watch. And I'll go out, you know, I'll take him lunch, or we'll he'll take a break. We'll sit and talk for a while. And uh, but um, you know, and we treasure that too that mm-hmm. we have the freedom to just take a break when we want and. Yeah, uh, you know. Although my life is very busy outside of the home, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really rarely home uh, with with other activities I'm doing. So um, it just took time to settle in here. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And well, did. and you 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 were brave enough to have the conversation to say, okay, let's communicate about this and ex- exactly. explain that. You, like I love how you said it. Like this is like my office, you know, and mm-hmm. I do have a routine here. Not uh-huh. to be rigid about the routine and say you cannot interrupt my routine. No. But to just have that communication with one another. Exactly. That's key, don't you think, to oh, marriage? Yeah. Uh yes. into relationships. Mm-hmm. Uh even with our, our our women friends that God so graciously gives us. Mm-hmm. And um yeah, I think that's just something we should cherish. Yeah. <laughs> what does homemaking look like right now? In the season that you're in, you've already talked a little bit about how you you and your mm-hmm. husband have this this nice partnership mm-hmm. here with the way you mm-hmm. you run your days. Um, but what does it look like generally to be a homemaker for you today? And then this is kind of a two part question: how, Are you still challenging yourself to grow in certain areas of homemaking? Yeah, that's a that's a lot. Uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, well, we now have an adult daughter mm-hmm. and a wonderful son in law who live next door. Right. And uh, my daughter and I are very close. Uh, But I had to retrain my brain to be a better listener Mm. and only give advice when needed or asked. Uh, So sometimes I have to just say, okay, I'll just sip it, hush it, walk away. And, and, you know, I make the motion and my daughter, we kind of chuckle, but it, it just uh, it just sets a better atmosphere, mm-hmm. and I don't want to overstep my boundaries, and I need to, to respect that they are now adults making their own choices, uh, and uh, just like we did. So, um, you know, but as, as moms and grandmothers, you just want to to help. Yeah. <laughs> But we're, we're, I'm overstepping my bounds when I do that. Mm. And so I, uh, I think, uh, you know, I've learned a lot through that. And uh, they, my daughter still asks me my opinion uh, many times, and I'm happy to give it. But uh, I know when to, uh, to stay in my boundary lines, yeah. too, so. It's important. We need to respect each other's boundary lines. And they do the same for us. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, Mm -hmm. it's good. That's really good advice. That's a relational skill that we all need to practice and grow in, I think. Exactly. Oh, for sure. Because that impacts every area of life and and every area of home. Um, And everything we do and say is an impact to our grandchildren, too. What are they seeing? And especially with y'all, they're literally right outside your door. right. Yes, just a few steps away. And, uh, you know, I want them to see that we can work out any Mm -hmm. issues and still love each other. Yeah. And that we can, we're overcomers. We can overcome these issues and be better for it. And Mm -hmm. it's okay. Life goes on. We still love you. We can still give hugs. And uh, 
because that's just life. Mm-hmm. It's just, I think it's a normal phase of life, mm-hmm. but it's, it's um, how we approach it um, is important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to ask you a question that wasn't on here. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> so okay. I'm going to throw you for a loop okay. here, and we may we may include it, we may not. But it's a question that's been rolling around in my head, um, as maybe putting it in in my list here. Because you mentioned that you went to college, mm-hmm. so you do have some higher education. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I want to start sort of addressing an elephant in the room when we had the conversation about being a being a homemaker and the choice that you made to be a full time homemaker. Um, oftentimes, you hear from critics, "Well, you just wasted." your education by making that choice. How would you answer someone who said that? that oh. Where you're at now, you're, you're far well, enough along in the game to have uh, the perspective. I just went to a community college. Uh, but still. Yes. But <laughs> anything God calls us to is not wasted. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, whatever, you, you know, whether you've been to college or not, if God calls you to be a stay-at-home mom and be a homemaker, you can use everything you've learned. You can use every skill of life you've learned from being in the world, mm-hmm. and everything else we need to know is in the Bible. Mm-hmm. So in God's economy, nothing's wasted. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, and I, I just think um, everything you've done is important to God. Everything, mm-hmm. whether it's good or bad, it's important to him, mm-hmm. and he loves us yeah. no matter what. Okay, good answer. Thanks for being my guinea pig. Sure, <laughs> I love it. Well, how are you still passing on, or how are, let me rephrase that, how are you intentionally passing on what you've learned over the years to mm-hmm. those that are coming behind you? Well, um, after loss, I wondered if God could ever use me again. Mm-hmm. Um. And all my brokenness, uh, I wondered if I could ever feel whole again. And I wondered if that heaviness in my heart would ever ease up. Yeah. It was physically painful. Um, but everybody knows if you have lost your way, you need a compass. Mm-hmm. But then my daughter gave me a new Bible. Mm. With my name inscribed on the front, along with the verse, Revelation 21, 4 through 6. It's where I lived and learned to breathe again. Mm-hmm. It's actually falling apart. I've had to retire it, but you can see, I can see. how it's been lived in. Yeah. And that was my link to wholeness mm. in any other question of life. And I solely uh, depended on it for. Uh, at the time, well, let me just say this. Someone said to me one time not to go see a certain movie, that mm. it was too sad. Mm. And I thought to myself, I've mastered sadness. Ugh. But as soon as I said it, I thought, I haven't mastered anything. Mm-hmm. But I know the one who has. Jesus mastered sadness, and I can learn from him. Yeah. So I sought him with all. My whole heart, because otherwise I felt like I'd just go jump off a cliff, which does is not an answer to anything, and it's not an end to anything. Yeah. So God's desire is for us to live and find our way. So I 
earnestly sought Him, and He is faithful. I read over 300 books in a three-year span. Wow. I would stay up at night and listen to reflections on TV, which is still on. It's a beautiful scenery, and it flashed scripture verses, and I journaled. I wrote every scripture. Mm -hmm. I meditated on it. And what I'm sharing right now is what I've learned all along the way. Um, you know, he, he gives richness to life, and he has an answer for all our questions. Mm-hmm. The question is, are we going to turn to him, or are we going to go our own way? Uh, my joy um, had been buried beneath the load. But I remember the day, because as believers, you know, the joy is in our heart. Mm -hmm. But mine had been stuffed down uh, and buried. But I I remember the day it came bubbling back up. I was just walking out of a mall, just minding my own business, going to my car. And it was, God did something for me I couldn't do for myself. I I felt such deep, I wanted to go hug everybody I was seeing. (laughs) And I went to my car just crying my heart out, and I called my husband, I called my daughter, and I said, guess what God has done for me? Mm. I will cherish it forever. It's, And He desires that for everybody. You know, but He said to me that day, I am is enough. Yeah. And then I remembered Psalm 30 and 5. It says, weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. And we actually had that hanging on our wall. It's, it's, I need to hang it back up, but it's so precious to me. I made myself, after some time of healing, I, I said, Lord, what do you want me to do? And he led me to lead a single mom's class. Mm. And I thought, Lord, I'm so thankful I, I haven't, I haven't you know, experienced divorce in my life. But what, how I can relate to them is pain, mm-hmm. because pain's universal, but it's also very personable. I thought we can connect because I know it just must be so painful. You know, it's like the death of a marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I had to tell myself, Jane, you can do this. You can do this because God's calling you to it. You can do this. So. Um, at this time, um, I, I, I went to our pastor, and he was so precious, and he, he encouraged me, and he, he said, yes, just tell me what you want. And he said, you can, you can use whatever resources you want. We'll help you. And um, I still have the note he wrote to me. It was just such an encouragement for me. I want to be that encouragement for other people. But I taught Bible for 16 years to these single moms. And solo moms, the solo moms who were married and their husbands were gone a lot or traveled. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a place for them to connect as well. And then eventually married ladies wanted to come. We just opened the door and welcomed them all in. Uh, I did all of this, uh, you know, where we uh, lived at our church and uh, before we moved to the Hill Country. It's so precious to me, and I'm still connected to them. We text. We call. My ministry partner, uh, she 
she was a godsend. She just had a heart for the Lord, and she loved on these ladies. Uh, when you share in ministry like that, that's deep. Mm-hmm. It's it's like extended family, and and you never forget that kind of love. And that I tell my grandchildren, there is no greater high than to serve the Lord with gladness and see Him work. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that was very precious to me. Uh, and I would tell them there are no perfect parents, and there's no perfect children, but we can learn from our Heavenly Father. I think He wants to speak to us in the silence of our hearts. Sometimes we get so busy and distracted by all the noise. We need to stop. And see, that's what happened to us in loss. It caused us to stop, mm. you know, and, and just sit, sit in His presence and be mm-hmm. still, mm-hmm. where we could actually hear from Him. And the Bible says, what He starts, He will finish. His door is always open for the weary traveler. And I would encourage anyone out there who's hurting to run to Him. His arms are always open, and He's saying, come home. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you. Sounds like that was an amazing ministry to be a part of. It was. It's just, I just love them so much. I miss them so much. Uh, But enjoying my new Bible study here Mm -hmm. and all the ladies, I just, I love y'all so much. And and you welcomed me with open arms, and it's just so precious to me. Well, we're glad to have you, just for the audience sake. Jan and I are in a Bible study group together. We are, and it's <laughs> such a joy. It, like I say, I'm, and you know, when you have that intimacy mm-hmm. with women, and you're sharing your lives and your heart, and that all God has for us, God yeah. makes something beautiful out of that. Yeah, He it, really you, does. It's a treasure, and and uh, it's well worth the effort that it might take you to get to get there. there. <laughs> Absolutely, I agree. Yeah, it's well worth it. Absolutely. Well, let's go into a time of rapid fire, quick answer. Okay. About the the, the subject of homemaking tasks. Okay? okay. This is just for fun. Mm-hmm. And you can give me a quick answer or you can tell me a story if you would like. Oh, all right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So one task that you love. Um well <clears throat> my husband builds uh porch swings. Uh and so I enjoy the benefit benefit from that. Um, I love a porch swing and the sounds of a summer night. Mm -hmm. Uh, That is just a precious time when you can hear all of God's creation and Mm -hmm. all of the little critters and Mm -hmm. uh, see the stars. And, you know, that's just a very calming place for me to be. Yeah. I love how you answered that question, Jan. Thank you. A porch swing. I, I, I had a, yeah. I mean, it's it's a part of of having a home. You know, not everybody can have a porch swing in their home, but if you can, I highly recommend it. I've exactly. had I've had one in the past, and I miss it so much. Yes. We, we left it back in Florida, but if you can just have a place, and it doesn't necessarily have to be a porch swing. It, it could, does sing. It, it could, could be just anywhere. Be a little chair, a little quiet yes. space. Just be outside. But you know what? It's something about that environment that may, that brings that peace and calm in it. It it can cause you to really relax and open mm-hmm. up that gentle rocking, that gentle rocking, and, and mm-hmm. just share. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, we all have our homemaking task that just we just dread doing, and we put it off. <laughs> What's a homemaking task that you 
hate is a strong word, or maybe you just want to say you strongly dislike it. Well, homemaking tasks would be uh, decluttering. Oh, yeah. That's just not fun. But because I'm outdoors, I also thought about how much I hate poison ivy. Oh, <laughs> so. Oh my gosh. Did you ever have, did your girls yes, ever get into poison ivy? I did. Oh, and my you dad did. forewarned me. My grandfather had a pecan orchard. Oh. And uh, we love pecans. And to this day, we still go pick up pecans mm-hmm. every fall when my mother was living. We, we took care of my mom for 16 years. And we would take her out as long as we could, and she would watch us picking up pecans, and she would shell them and clean them. Mm-hmm. She had a brush. Those pecans were the cleanest you could have ever eaten. And uh, and so we still do that. My husband just, just did go buy some pecans, and he shells them, and I eat them. <laughs> <laughs> that is a or, good deal. That's a good thing, or I, or I bake with them. <laughs> okay. So... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it, but my dad told me one year, we went to pick the con, he said, now, don't go under that tree over there, it's got poison ivy. Oh. Okay, so I was a pretty mischievous <laughs> little child, and I was taking piano lessons, and I thought, I know what, I'll just put it on my fingers, and then I won't have to practice my piano. Oh my goodness! Was that not brilliant? <laughs> Only when I got it, it was everywhere, oh, no. and my dad knew what I did, and he came in, he goes, do you think that was worth it? No, sir. Oh, <laughs> That's terrible. Oh my! How it old? Was, were, how old were you? Oh well, I was. Oh, I was probably. Uh, I was elementary. Oh, gosh. I was like That's ten or so something. Funny. That yes, that it is wasn't so funny, funny at the time. But I'm I sure learned not. my lesson. I'm gonna listen to my dad. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, how about a homemaking task that grew on you that you grew to enjoy? Well, as far as homemaking, uh, you know, we're task-oriented. So I learned, I grew to love interruptions Mm. because, you know, being task-oriented, you don't want to stop until you get finished. Mm -hmm. But I loved interruptions because I learned it was more important to be available in that moment Mm. than to finish what I had started because I can always come back to that. But you can never get back that moment. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, that's a thank you for saying that. We it's, all need to hear that. <laughs> yeah. Well, it took years to, yeah. you know, to gleam from yeah. uh, life, from the experience mm-hmm. of having having made the wrong choice. Yes, yes exactly. I know. Um, yes. I know. Oh, I'm so guilty of wrong choices. So, mm. well, what about your worst homemaking fail? Well, I said I wanted to be like my mom, just, you know, just go in and and cooking was no effort. And it was, like I say, a trial and error, but I wanted to make her lemon meringue pie. And uh, so I didn't have any real lemons. Oh. So I used lemon extract. That makes sense to me when I was young. Oh, lemon extract? Lemon extract, yeah. I do not recommend it. My parents came to dinner that night, <laughs> and my dad would say, could I have another cup of pie? <laughs> he was so, my dad was so funny. And uh, sure, Dad, he, was, oh, he wanted me not to feel bad, but I think he really liked it. <laughs> so that is, I'm just trying to figure out, how do you even do that? Did you just put a little extract in water or what? Well, no, I think it, it called for like, I forget exactly. 
the measurements, but however, however much real lemon it called for, I put the same amount oh of lemon goodness. extract. I mean, it could have been a fourth a cup. I don't That's know. It was, yeah. it was flawed, but it never <laughs> firmed up. It never... Yeah, I would think it, not because that's there's a lot of alcohol in yes, extract, uh, yes, and that would keep it from gelling. <laughs> exactly. Well, <laughs> I I learned that the hard way, but uh, but I did master eventually master the lemon pie. But uh, that I'll never forget that. that is it's so it's funny. just like the first time I made red beans, which we ate a lot. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't. I forgot. To pick through them and get all the rocks out. Oh no! Yeah, that was pretty tragic too. My husband still laughs about Did that. Somebody had, break a tooth. Well, we had to throw it all out. <laughs> I'll just say that. Oh my goodness! But I, I love making them now the right way. All right. What about a memorable homemaking achievement? Uh, well, when we were at Pine Cove, uh, a good friend there, uh, we would go and hunting. Uh, antiques. Mm-hmm. We would find antiques and refurbishing them. I was so proud of myself. Uh, that was something my mother didn't do or my grandmother. So I thought I was just a trailblazer. Yeah. <laughs> Look, and I, mom, you know, and they would come over and go, oh, that's so nice. That's thank you. I, thank you. And I tell them what I did. And, mm-hmm. uh, and they were also very supportive. But um, it was it was a lot of fun, and part of the fun was the hunt. The hunt, I love the it. The hunt, yes. And you know, my husband was a hunter, and I so I tried to explain that sh- shopping experience. I said, "Look, <laughs> it's like if you went out on a hunting trip, you're going to look for that perfect buck." Yeah, whatever you're a hunting, beer, a, a, a deer, a deer or, a, or a buck. I don't or know, turkey, whatever, whatever. your <laughs> turkey, whatever your uh, or dove, whatever you're hunting, you're looking for just the right one, right? Mm-hmm. I said it's the same with me. When I'm out shopping, I'm looking for the perfect one, the in my price range, mm-hmm. uh, and then the thrill is going in for the kill, <laughs> and then you bring it home and you make something shiny and beautiful out of yeah. what was uh, old and maybe thrown away. Yeah. That's one of my favorite things to do as well. Yeah. Oh, we have good. that in common. Mm-hmm, yes. Good. Okay. How about your top three homemaking tips? Well, I, uh, when you do your laundry, mm-hmm. you can actually put baking soda in with your whites to okay. make them brighter. Really? Or even peroxide in where you put the soap. Hmm. But here's one thing I really, really love is you can take baking soda uh, and mix it with some peroxide and make a little paste Mm -hmm. and then actually spot clean your whites with it. It it works. I didn't know that. Yes. It's wonderful. Cool. Yes. It is the coolest thing uh, because I've used that many times. Okay. That's good to know. It's good to know because your whites, if you you take your whites to the cleaners, after a while they get real dingy. Yes. But if you're washing them at home, that's one way you can keep them bright. So if you're putting it in the washing machine, if like you're doing a load of towels mm-hmm. or something, you know, how much would you put in, you think? Uh, you know what? It's depending on how big your load. I mean, you could put like, I don't know, a, a tablespoon. Okay, okay. Just, you know, and kind of see what works for you. So do you use the baking soda and the peroxide together in the washing machine, no, or one just, or the other? I do one or the other. Okay, got it. Mostly, I just do the baking's baking soda. soda. Uh, okay. But then I 
to make the paste, I use the peroxide the, in them. Okay. But yeah. So Good. That's, that's a great fun. tip. Okay. Mm-hmm. Good tip. Any other tip? Um, well, I found a tool mm-hmm. uh, because I found that I think they're just making lids tighter and I just can't open them anymore. <laughs> That's my theory. But um, I found this tool. It's a uh, looks like a bottle opener, but it's like a thick plastic thing. Okay. And you just put it under that lid and kind of gently go around and it pops the seal. Really? It's my lifesaver. And then I can just open so it. So then you're not having to try to use your hand use your strength. your tool that would... No, you're not having to go and, against Like I use the little rubber thing and I have even that... Too. that Nowadays, because I have a little bit of early osteoarthritis in my hands, and I can't, I just don't have the no, grip strength no, that I used to have. Me either. I don't know what happened, uh, but <laughs> but I found that, and uh, one day my husband came in, he found it, and I said, "Oh, just use that." Mm-hmm. And you know, man, you know, he's just like, you know, <laughs> his strength just went like that, and he broke it. And I said. Oh. Oh you, no! You broke my. It's like so dear to me, and you broke it. How he felt so bad because you know he's. I said you just barely lifted. Like, you're just so strong. You're he, just too and strong. And I said for I don't it. know where to get another one. And he went out and found me two more. He's so Aww. precious. He felt so bad. So now I have two. Okay. Um, well, we're gonna have to find. I'll have you'll have to share a link, I'll, and we'll put it in the show notes if okay. we can find it. Maybe on Amazon I'll show or something. You my two when, okay. when we're done, and so you can everybody can know. It's just yeah, it's that's just, awesome. Uh, it makes life easier thing, you know? I'm all about that. Me too. Cool. All right. Any other tips before we move on? Well, I have one more. Okay, please do there, share. There's probably a lot of updated things that are simpler, but um, I like to fill an ice tray. Mm-hmm. Some people might not know what that is. It's a, you know, it's a little <laughs> yes. uh, a tray where you, little slots and you, <laughs> I'm just kidding, but you put, uh, you fill it with distilled vinegar and lemon rinds. Okay. And then you freeze it. And then when your disposal gets stinky, you just drop one in. Oh, that's a good tip. That, that's fun. I've never, I knew, I've put lemon rinds down my disposal yeah, before, but I like the I've idea. And, and ice cubes. But and ice cubes. You're and combining it, that plus vinegar. Exactly. Which is the best cleaner in the world. Germs. Yeah. That's so, a great tip, yeah, Jan. I love that too. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> All right. Well. We are going to end our time reflecting on the art of home. Okay. The name of our show. How do you feel like homemaking is an art? Well, I spent a lot of time pondering this. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I think about the art of home, I think about my legacy. Okay. Uh, and what is woven in my tapestry. I have a drape hanging in my bathroom, a little drape uh, made from a vintage tapestry. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you look closely, you'll see a generation of women toiling in the field, putting the needs of others above their own interest. Uh, you get a sense they are loyal, courageous, and they bring value to your home. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to leave that kind of legacy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a challenge. It's a day-to-day challenge, but it's also a choice. I read that families are foundational, and I think it's, uh, it's very important um, the, what we're building. Yeah. Uh, my, hus- my husband's a builder, so I think of foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, building strong families uh, should be priority. 
uh, as grandparents and parents, the scripture tells us to give the next generation a framework for a relationship with God. Mm. That's the firmest foundation I know of. Pray together. Do battles together. And growing those deep roots requires a lot of patience because life has a lot of ups and downs, the valleys and the peaks, uh, and that's not going to change on this side of heaven. So I just think we need to be intentional and uh, serious Mm -hmm. about what we say and what we do Mm -hmm. uh, because our children are watching us. Uh, my grandchildren are watching me. It, uh, it's important what comes out of our mouth. Because what comes out of our mouth is what's in our heart. And we all fall short. I do. I fall short every day. But at the end of the day, uh, I know my Heavenly Father is waiting to hear from me. I actually say little prayers all day long in the car. And, and you know, like if I felt like I, you know, I might have said something wrong or I, you know, and you know it, and I say, oh, Father, forgive me. I, you know, you just have to live in repentance. Mm-hmm. That's what I do. I live in repentance, and, uh, and God gives me a new day. Uh, and I call them heavenly hugs when you just know you've been in the presence of the Lord. Mm-hmm. So um, that's what I would want to say mm-hmm. about the art of homemaking. How do you think we can find beauty in the mundane tasks of homemaking, the, the cleaning the floor and the changing oh. the diapers and the... I love this question. Okay. <clears throat> because I, I thought, oh my gracious, it's one of my favorite words. <laughs> yes. There's um, a sign. I'm looking yes, at it. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Oh my gracious. Because, you know, I think of grace and God, but... um the repetition of waiting patiently is a challenge. Um, but as believers, we know this is the day the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. So whether we toil or dally, choose the responsible path. Mm. Whatever we're doing, we're to do as to the Lord. Uh, so that's always in my mind. Um, because. I just want everyone to know that God cares about our everydayness. Yeah. He did enter into our very ordinariness, didn't yes, he? Yes, he did. He sure, thank, thank, praise God, he yeah. did, because we'd all be in trouble. I mean, the incarnation is a miracle and miraculous and a mystery, but very ordinary. Yeah. It, he yeah. became a human. I know, you know, he, is he was and he did human ordinary form. things, and yes, but he had to come as man, yeah, to save the world, um, and he gave his life so that we could live. So how precious is that? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's love, mm-hmm. love in very ordinary form. Absolutely. What advice would you give to a young homemaker who's listening? Mm. Sometimes we have to go through seasons to get to where we want to be. No matter where God leads us to set up home, He wants to be in our lives. So I would say to them, invite Him in. 
Uh, I've learned that life is hard on a good day, but joy comes in the morning. Mm. So wherever our journey in life takes us, the Word of God desires to fill our heart with joy. And just by trusting in His ways, it increases our joy because we are at peace with God. I don't want to be anywhere outside of that God's peace. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not a good place to be. It's not healthy, and it's, it makes you sad. If you're a believer, it makes you sad. Yeah. Um, because God alone offers the comfort we so long for. He is our peace. He's our treasure on earth. The Bible tells us so. I would say be encouraged today. Whatever season you're in, God offers new beginnings and refreshment for the soul. Mm. That's a great word. Well, thank you very, very much for just being so open and sharing your heart with us and your story. I appreciate it. Thank you, Alice. I appreciate what you do so much. Mm -hmm. And I love you, too. I love you, too. Thanks so much for listening to this Homemaker Portrait of Jan Greeley. We hope you found encouragement and inspiration to view your work in the home as meaningful, purposeful, and sacred. Wherever God calls us to set up home, He will meet us there. As Jan pointed out, God cares about the everydayness of our experience as homemakers, so much so that He entered into our ordinary everydayness when He sent His Son as an invitation to find our home in Him. No matter what kind of home you find yourself in on earth, the home you have in Christ is certain, secure, and forever. If you have questions about how to find your eternal home in Christ, please click the link in the show notes or go to theartofhomepodcast.com slash foreverhome. Thank you so much for listening all the way to the end. You are a trooper. If you found some value from this episode, would you consider giving the show some love in one or more of the following ways? Number one, share the episode with a homemaker that you know who could use some encouragement. Number two, leave us a rating and review wherever you're listening. Number three, you can leave us a tip in our virtual tip jar, Buy Me a Coffee. There's a link in the show notes or go to buymeacoffee.com slash theartofhome. Your financial support helps offset the cost of producing this podcast and our free resources. So thank you very much. We have lots of info down in the show notes, links to all of our social media accounts, links to resources mentioned in today's show, a link to our blog where you can get a glimpse into Jan's house. Lots of good stuff down there. So make sure you check it out. That wraps up this episode of the Art of Home podcast. We'll be back in two weeks with another homemaker portrait. Until then, Keep practicing your art of making a home.